And we are back for another part train. It is just Stratnev. Serum couldn't make it. Shocker. Heard of him? Um, don't worry, Serum. We squeezed in one of your questions. This is a great, fun episode with Scott McCarron, three-time PJ Tour winner, 11-time uh, PJ Tour champions winner, along with the Schwab Cup winner, which is like the FedEx Cup on the PJ Tour. We'll get into our conversation with Scott, but before we do, we got to talk about Roback. I mean, it's Cyber Monday today, the day we're recording. Black Friday happened. We're getting into the holiday season. There's been a lot of happening. Before we talk about their new product release that I know Strat has a lot of thoughts on, I just mm-hmm. wanted to say you're welcome to all of our yeah. loyal listeners out there. It came to my attention recently that Roback, usually these brands of quality don't discount too often. Roback no. is one of those. Yeah. However, the discount that they did share with all of you fine people out there was 20% off. Well, sure. yeah. I don't know if you know this, but our code, <laughs> code TRAIN, is 20% mm-hmm. off year-round. So we're basically mm-hmm. giving you access to Black Friday, Cyber Monday discounts all year-round. You're welcome. Yeah, all year-round. And who doesn't love to just relive Black Friday every single day of their lives for an entire year, you know? It's a perfect it's, excuse uh, to continue pr- our online shopping addiction. It's incredible. Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can, you can beat the masses because you don't have to deal with the masses. And you just pop in that, that code train all year long and take advantage of some of the incredible products. And Evan, like you did mention, they got this new thing. I don't know if you've heard of this. Stretchy button-down shirts. Did you oh. know about this? Oh. Have you heard about this? Uh, I might have seen you know it, about but this? go on. <laughs> well, I don't know. I actually just was wearing a button-down the other night. I went to a whiskey tasting event. I've been, uh, as you know, been hit the gym a little bit more, trying to eke out a few extra yards on the uh, Punch 7 iron, get it mm. from 295 to 301. Sure. Uh, my my neck's gotten a little bit bigger and you know the button down i was wearing was restricting i couldn't move freely i i was telling stories and i felt encumbered i felt like i was in a box i needed that that type of performance that you get from a stretchy material but with the elegance and panache of uh of a button down well look no further you found it because roback's doing it and if you think for a second that i haven't also been working on my high kicks give uh fucking fig jam phil mickelson a run for his money on that little thing i don't know if you remember that video but uh yeah i've been in the gym 24 7 trust in the process eight days a week doing the work just grinding getting those high kicks higher than is probably healthy or uh or advisable by a physician so you know stay tuned um because you there might be some shit coming I mean, what's more likely for Strat to take the rowback performance button downs to the CrossFit gym or the golf course? I think I know the answer, but to you? It's, pro- it's probably, probably all of the above. I mean, you know, when you got to fucking, when you got to flip a tire by seven, but make your tee time by 830, you only got one option, right? True. Same, same outfit. Roll right up to the tee. Yeah. Gotta love that. Yeah. So whether it's, guys, I don't know if you've realized this, but rowback has released new hats vests new shirts print shirts uh new quarter zips performance button downs i mean just go to rollback.com enter the code train for 20 percent off and um yeah you don't need to thank us we know we know yeah okay it's 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 fantastic a lot of exciting stuff and we know that they're just killing it if you if you follow the founders instagrams uh they're up to like 3 a.m every night boxing up 
all of your orders. So we appreciate all their hard work, and we love what they're doing. But let's talk about Scott McCarron. Okay, we just got off the phone with him. Um, great interview. It's been a while since yeah. we've had a professional golfer on, so it was it was a nice little. Uh, it was refreshing to get back and talk to someone on tour. Scott seems like a, a great guy, and I bet Scott has a ton of stories that probably aren't safe for air that I would love to hear on the golf course. Um, the guy is uh, hes a phenomenal golfer. I mean, he's a winner, right? Won three times on the PGA Tour. He's won 11 times, like you said, on the Champions Tour. Won the Charles Schwab Cup. Um, some super interesting insights. The kind of journey that he took was definitely not normal from when he left college, took some time off, decided to actually come back to the game. Talked briefly about grinding on the mini tours, playing for just a couple hundred bucks at a time with not much money in his wallet. Um, the guy is uh, very interesting. Uh, and, you know, I, I learned some stuff. I know, Evan, you were excited because he was talking all types of acronyms. He's talking about getting the mind and the body right. Mm-hmm. You're using a lot of, uh, you know, what was the one that he had? SATs, SAT. you know? I think you might have written that one. Yeah, there SAT, it was. SAT, it's there. I wrote it down. It's all about your strategy, your approach to the shot, your aim, making sure you're <laughs> mentally thinking about where to aim it. So focus on where to go, not where not to go. Um, and then obviously the setup. And then trust. You just got to let it fly. And so I feel like Scott gave us a lot of little nuggets like that, as well as like how he structures his practice routines. He traveled with Tiger for years uh, with Mark O'Mara. We had a fun story about that. And one of the coolest things, I think, is the fact that he was playing his best golf in majors in 96 and 97 when Tiger Woods was turning pro and then won his first major, the Masters in 97. Have you heard about that one? 97 Masters? Better tune the fuck in. Yeah, tune in. He just recently partnered up with Functional Remedy CBD. And so we lubed up, I got to say. We lubed up. (laughs) And if the guy's playing his best golf at age 54, I believe, as a spry 32-year-old, I might start dabbling. That's all I'm going to say in functional remedies. Probably going to want to look it up, so you're welcome. Okay. Well, uh, why don't we just get right to it, and uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. And we are back. Part Train Podcast, Evan and Strat. Unfortunately, Serm couldn't make it today. Um, and I don't often do the intro, but we decided to switch things up a little bit today. We have got Scott McCarron on the pod today. PGA Tour champions, champion. Scott, how you doing today? Strat, I think that's the best opening you've ever done. That was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Well, yeah, well, it felt good. So I'm glad that you were here for it. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Sometimes you got to throw the kid in the fire, see how he does, you know? <laughs> exactly. I thought he did just fine. I'm doing fine. I'm, uh, I'm getting ready for Christmas. We just had a great Thanksgiving. My wife told me that we're putting up a tree and the lights tonight. So, uh, yeah, we got Christmas music going and uh, we're all ready for getting ready for the season. Pour a couple hot toddies and uh, just get things started the right way, right? Um, I've already poured them. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll jump right into it. We heard in addition to the hot toddies that you're a big CBD oil guy now. So we've got a couple of scenarios that we want to throw your way where we're, we're wondering, you know, the calming effects of functional remedies, CBD oil perhaps might work on one of these best. So they're high pressure situations, something where you would, you know, hopefully you can get control of your nerves a little bit. We've got three scenarios here. Number one, you get the tin cup shanks, the S word on the range before a final round. Number two, you're paired in a final group tied with Tiger on a Sunday at the Masters. And number three, Miguel Angel Jimenez runs out of cigars and red wine. (laughs) I would say, uh, 
number one and two would be the best case scenario for the uh, function Rebbe CBD. Uh, not much I can do for Miguel running out of cigars and wine because uh, Miguel, being the mo- world's most interesting golfer, never runs out of wine and cigars. That's <laughs> it. Uh, it was a trick question and you passed, so well done. What would Miguel say, Scott, if you tried to replace cigars and red wine with the CBD oil? Would he laugh at you or would he entertain it? There, there is no way. That is um, a part of who he is. You know, it's interesting, though. You know, everybody set, looks at Miguel and the kind of the fake warm-up routine in the driving range where he's doing these weird gyrations. But that guy's in the workout trailer an hour before he gets there. He's already done this whole warm-up workout before he ever gets that. That's all for show. That does nothing. Um, <laughs> and, but this guy works out This guy works out hard. I mean, he really does. He's fit. He brings his trainer all the time. Um, it, yes, he does enjoy his wine, and he does enjoy his cigar, but he's always working out, and the guy's in great shape, very flexible, very mobile, um, and, and a phenomenal guy and a, and a great golfer. So speaking of warm-ups, uh, Scott, we like to warm up our guests. This will be the, f- the, the last question of the warm-up to ease you into the interview. Um, but we always like to have a little fun with our guests to start. So the, the, the completion of the warm-up here is I know a lot of golfers' wives get mad at them for how much time they spend on the course. So we're going to do a little role, role play here, okay? This might make you a little uncomfortable, but roll with us. Okay, Scott, imagine I'm your wife, yeah. Jenny, yeah. and I'm just going to go, okay? Honey? It's been 27 years now, almost 30. You're 54 years old. You just won the Charles Schwab Cup. So proud of you. Congrats. And the million-dollar annuity. Why don't you just retire on top and call it? What do you say? I would say to my wife, Jenny, um, you like horses, don't you? You like riding (laughs) horses and you like showing and jumping. Um, They don't pay for themselves. We can't pay for this with ribbons. The only way this gets done is if me... Keep playing great golf. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Can I yeah. Uh, can I try using that one with my wife as well? I mean, she's not a horse lady, but I feel like that could be effective nonetheless. Yeah, you, you can't try. I, I got to tell you, originally, that's the only reason I turned professional was so no one could bitch at me practicing too long. I mean, that's my job. And that, you know, mm. I felt if I turned professional, no one could say anything because I could always come back with, well, that's my job. Okay. We, I wonder that's if we could use that with well. the podcast. Could we use yeah. that, Strat? Sure. I think, yeah, we'll okay. talk to the lawyers. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of, speaking of love, as, uh, as the resident married guy in this podcast, I'm the only one, uh, are we doing it wrong in taking an entire year to plan a wedding? Because we heard that you and Jenny did it in 24 <laughs> hours during a tournament week. You know what? I got to tell you, you guys, it was crazy. We decided to get married on a Friday at five o'clock after Brad Faxon and I stepped off the golf course at the Bass Pro Shops tournament um, in Branson, Missouri, and we got married Saturday at seven o'clock. I mean, it was literally 26 hours later from the time we decided to do it to the time we said I do, and it could not have gone any better. You could have planned this thing for an entire year, spent all kinds of money, and your wedding would not have been as good and run as smoothly as this thing was in 24 hours. And I was on the golf course the next day for five or six hours. I didn't have to do anything. I just had to show up. Uh, my, my wife went with a bunch of the gals to in Branson, Missouri. You know, great shopping in Branson, Missouri, obviously. At the Dave's Bridal, she got a dress for 150 bucks, veil. She bought, went to Kohl's and got rings for 50 bucks each. 
Um, we showed up, uh, Johnny Morrison had a harpist um, come and we had a bagpipe player that happened to be there that was able to come. We had a civil war reenactment, shoot off a cannon after we said, I do. We, we oh sent out an God. email to everyone blast on Friday night when we decided that the church was going to be open at about seven o'clock that night on Friday to all the champions for guys. We had 50 guys show up with wives. Um, Craig Stadler brought champagne. David Frost brought wine. Um, they made a quick cake. And uh, the next day we got married. We had a little reception after, and uh, all the championship players were in bed by nine o'clock, and it was a pretty successful evening. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, you're, yeah, this, I mean, I feel like I might just do it all over again just to try it that way because it seems like a, f- a fucking blast. <laughs> it's way easier. It's way easier and a lot less stressful when you do it in 24 hours. Trust me. What is, what is something that you figured out now that you wish you could have told yourself when you first start, when you first came on the PGA tour, uh-huh. through all of your, your years of experience in playing, what's something that, you know, a letter to yourself, so to speak. Great question. You know, it's, it's interesting. I did, uh, play for 20 years on the PGA tour, won three times, felt I should have won more. Um, but being out here on the PGA Tour Champions, I learned something actually being a golf course announcer when I worked a couple of years for Fox and a couple of years for the Golf Channel, in that the best players in the world, when they're winning championships, aren't always playing their best. Um, when they miss a shot, they don't really don't let it bother them. Uh, they kind of keep the ball in play, hit the fairway, hit a green, give themselves opportunities, and with five or six holes to play, who knows what's going to happen. You might get a couple of good shots and win, or someone else might hit some bad shots and you win, or you can hit good shots and then somebody else hits great shots and beat you. But not to let it bother you so much when it doesn't go well and find out what type of player you are and be that player. Meaning I always felt like on the PGA tour, I had to hit the heroic shot or I had to play my absolute best. You know, again, I was playing against Tiger Woods for almost my whole career and I felt if I'm going up against Tiger, I had to play my absolute best and he had to have an off day. When actually, I just had to play decent. I just had to be patient, not let things bother me. And so I think that's what's helped me a lot on the PGA Tour Champions is just get yourself in position, um, keep hitting fairways, keep hitting greens, um, and, and not get too worried about all the other things that can go on. And, and I really learned that from Hale Irwin, who – you know, is one of the most prolific guys winning on the PGA Tour Champions. I'd been in position quite a few times my first year and hadn't come through. And I, and I took Hale Irwin to dinner and I, and I started asking him questions. Why did you win so much? Why, how were you able to play so good? And he basically told me he played some of his best golf from really 50 to 55. And some of those reasons where he just was more comfortable and he didn't feel like he had to, had to play his absolute best to win. And, mm-hmm. and that, I wish I would have been able to learn that a lot sooner in my career. I think it would have helped helped me win more on the PGA Tour. Yeah, that's that's super interesting because you know you hear a lot. Um, you know, staying calm out on the course is important, and and not getting too emotional. And I know from the events that I've gone to, you see these guys walking around, and they everything is very slow and methodical and calculated. When when you did get your first win and kind of recognize what it took to to push it over the line. Were there things that you would recognize in yourself where, you know, you would you'd start to recognize that you were tensing up a little bit or you started to get a little bit more stressed? And was there a moment that you were able were able to kind of figure out what was going on, take a step back and kind of recenter yourself? Or, or did that just come with experience and age? You know, it was interesting. I had uh, my first one was 1996 in New Orleans at the Freeport McDermott Classic. Um, and I was going against Tom Watson, you know, kind of my boyhood idol 
And it was one of those days in New Orleans where it was blowing 35 miles an hour. Um, and Johnny Miller, who I grew up in Napa at Silverado Country Club. So he was, you know, the guy that, you know, I got to play a little bit with Johnny and practice with Johnny. Johnny was there, but now he's, his career's over and he's doing announcing. He came up to me in the driving range and he kind of said, so, uh, you know, what are you trying to do today? Just trying to gain some experience. And I said, no, I'm out here playing to win. You know, yeah. and he's like, yeah, okay, good luck, <laughs> whatever. And he walked away, you know, and it kind of pissed me off, you know. And I, I thought, you know, I'm out here playing to win. Doesn't mean I'm going to, but I am going to give it my all and I'm going to play to win. And I'm going to, and because it was such a windy, blustery day and I'm going against arguably one of the best players that ever played in the, you know, in the wind, Tom Watson on the British Opens, he won. He was a great, was able to control a trajectory like that. Um, you know, so everyone was looking at Tom to win. And so it kind of gave me that even though I was leading, I was kind of the underdog still. And it was such a, a, a tough day that I was more focused on each shot. And it was so difficult that I wasn't thinking about the consequences of winning or thinking about the prize or thinking about what it was going to mean to me, you know, getting in the masters, all those things, and was able to stay one shot at a time and, and very calm throughout. And uh, built up a nice big lead. And I think I had a six-shot lead going last hole. And somehow was able to make bogey to win by five. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and all of a sudden, there I am off and running uh, my second year on the PGA Tour in 1996. I'm shocked that you're telling me that Johnny Miller was prickly to you on the driving range. That doesn't <laughs> seem like Johnny. <laughs> that was, you know, I got a, I love Johnny. He, he told it like it is. And, I, you know, he got a bad rap from a lot of players. But, you know, he owned up. When he made a mistake, he would come out in the range and talk to you and Hey, you know, I mean, sometimes we make double bogeys and triple bogeys, and he did, he did the same thing announcing. But at least he he was able to tell the truth and how he really felt, and I thought that's what made him such a great announcer. Yeah, Scott, I've I've seen videos of you and other guys on the PJ Tour champions uh, recently doing the Matthew Wolf slash George Gankus move. <laughs> I've gotten a couple lessons from George. He's actually been on the show before. I was curious what sparked that and then thoughts on his method slash, is this the new way for the older guys to unlock the distance? You know, that, that was at the, uh, at Firestone. Um, um, we, we have a normal group on Tuesdays. We call it Tuesdays at 10 and it's Brant, Joe and myself who were roommates in college at UCLA. And we take on Kenny Tanagawa and Glenn Day and Kent Jones. I mean, that's pretty much our standard group. We'll play five, even though we're only split supposed to play four out there we still play five no one's going to say anything we're seniors um so <laughs> so we play this game and when i was out there i said all right you know matthew wolf had just won and every time that i send any video content out on twitter with brant job or glenn day we did the british open it gets like ten thousand, twenty thousand views i mean it's hilarious people love that type of content of us you know play, players just being themselves Yep. So I said, all right, today we're going to do Matthew Wolf swing and everybody's going to say who, who did it better. And uh, I, it was hilarious. I mean, you watch Brant Jove and everybody trying to imitate Matthew Wolf. Everyone knew how he swung and was trying to imitate. And it, it was really funny. But I got to tell you, when I did Matthew Wolf swing, I hit it like 310 straight down the middle. Oh. Absolutely piped it. So that might, that might be something I could go to oh. at some point uh, if, if my swing doesn't work out. Yeah. Well, it seemed to work out pretty well in 2019. This is actually Serm's question. He wanted to make sure we got this in there. So, Serm, this is for you. Um, we know about your wins, right? But you also had a total of 14 top 10 finishes. And so, Serm wants to know, were you focused more on a specific 
thought, swing thought all year? Or was it more so the work on keeping your fundamentals sound, whether it was grip, stance, posture, or tempo? Well, he tells Sermon, I've been working with uh, my teacher, E.A. Tischler, for about five years now. And uh, we work a lot on setup and posture. And uh, he's a biomechanics guy. So, you know, how my body wants to react, how my body wants to swing, set up because of the way my arms hang and my shoulders and how tall you are and all these things. So um, I really wasn't focused on certain swing thoughts or feels, but it was more of getting, making sure I got in the right setup and posture to allow my body to react. Um, and, and I've been doing that for about four or five years. And, and so I don't get too far off. Um, that's why I think I was able to be so consistent this year. Um, and so you know, again, just finding what worked well for me and getting in the right posture and setup. Because we all know if you have a good setup, um, you're going to swing well. And when we start swinging poorly, nine times out of ten, you can go to your setup. Are you are you set up with your feet closed or open? Are you set up with too much weight in your left side or your right side? Or I mean, all these things. We can go back to our setup and start refining our swings. And so I think that helped me quite a bit uh, this year to stay as consistent as I did. So Strat, anytime we play bad, it's just our setup and posture. I like that. We yeah. just got to go back yeah, well, to basics. Well, I, uh, listen, I, I would say there's there's three things we call it SAT. You guys know, you guys all know went to college and took SATs, right? Yeah. So unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> SATs. Yeah. S is strategy. How was your strategy? Did you pick the right shot? Was it a nine iron cutting or an eight iron draw? I mean, did you pick the right shot? Was it A aiming? Did you aim the right way with your feet and your shoulders and your mind? And T is trust. Did you trust your strategy and your aiming? Did you really trust what you're doing? So I can always go back when I miss a shot to those three things. Was it my strategy, my aiming, or my trust, SAT? And I learned that from Dr. Glenn Elba years ago, um, who wrote a great book called Winning the Battle Within. And he's got a new book coming out called The Clutch Golfer. And so I always go back to that, I mean, uh, when I miss a shot. Love that. I just bought That's both awesome. as you were talking on Amazon. Go ahead, Strat. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of uh, of clutch, uh, we know that your old friend Jeff Maggart helped uh, was was pretty clutch uh, this season for you when he when he sunk that eagle shot and allowed you to to secure the Charles Schwab Cup. We also noticed yeah. that you put a hell of a bear hug on him. And I'm just curious if uh, <laughs> if your partnership with uh, Functional Remedy CBD oil helped keep that lower back in pristine shape to be able to you know get that power lift because it looked very effortless. <laughs> Absolutely, you know the uh, the Functional Remedies and the CBD oil has been a big part of my uh, success over the last couple of years. Um, I started using that really two years ago when uh, they left the uh, one of the salespeople left uh, product in all our lockers in Boca. And I happened to meet the sales guy and we had a friend in common, a fraternity brother of mine. And so we were talking about this guy and, you know, he'd said, you know, you really should, should try this. Um, and my wife was a triathlete at the time and was starting to take CBD oil for sleep and for recovery. So I knew a little bit about it. Um, so when I had two weeks off, I started taking the uh, functional remedy CBD and noticed a huge difference in my sleep. And I was able to actually track it in that I wear a device called Whoop. W-H-O-O-P, and I was the first golfer to start using it. I don't know if you see Roy McIlroy and Tiger Woods and Justin Thomas are now using Whoop, but I've been using this device for about four years to actually track your sleep, your strain, your HRV, um, everything you do throughout the day. And, and my sleep was 
the best it had ever been for a week straight after taking the CBD oil. So I was able to measure it and track it. And that's when I called the uh, sales guy back and said, you know, there's something to this. Uh, I want to continue using it. And we were able to form a partnership. So I was really the first golfer to do any type of sponsorship with a CBD oil. And I researched functional remedies and they told me they actually, they grow it. They have the farm, they, they produce it, they ship it. So it's all in-house. And I've always liked to say that they're the titleist of the CBD oil. You know what oh. you're getting, you know what's in it. And so they're really the best in the business. And, and I was very, uh, very happy to sign a deal with them. And I've been using it ever since. And it's been a big part of my success over the last couple of years in that I sleep better. Um, that means I have better recovery. I also feel that my, you know, less inflammation. And so I'm able to play and practice longer. And then it also helps a little bit with the problem with anxiety when you're on the golf course, you feel calmer when you're playing. So this has been a big part of my regiment uh, over the last two years and a big part of why I was able to win the 2019 Charles Schwab Cup. As someone, as a, as a father of a four-year-old and a two-year-old, I, uh, I too just bought a crate of it, as you were mentioning, to better sleep because yeah. sleep is yeah. a luxury you get no days, sleep. <laughs> and I, I do yeah. not. No sleep with that. I remember that. I'm fascinated by this because, and I'm, I'd love to pick your brain on it because I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm usually pretty hesitant to, like, I don't really take, you know, Tylenol or anything and I'm try I don't really drink a lot of caffeine. So the idea of right. relying on something to give me something is something I normally avoid, but I've heard all the great benefits. So right. I'm curious what you'd say to someone like me. Um, cause I know how important deeper sleep is and feeling calm during the day. And then I'm curious if you ever feel foggy or is it more of like a calm clarity? No. Yeah. There's no, there's no, uh, that morning hangover that you might get from taking Ambien or any of the sleep aids, uh, Zequel, any of those things that, that you can get or NyQuil or Sudafed. Uh, there's none of that. Um, there's no brain fog in the morning. I mean, you feel relaxed and ready to go. So Anyone that's a little bit hesitant, I would say, listen, it's all natural. What hemp oil is is natural. Try it for a couple of weeks, see how you feel. And almost everyone that has tried the functional remedies has fallen in love with it. And uh, so I, that's the biggest thing for me is try it. It's all natural. You got nothing to lose. It's going to help your sleep. It's going to help you feel better when you wake up, less inflammation. Um, and then if you're a golfer or, or even in life, you know, we get anxious. You're going to feel a little bit calmer throughout the day. Things aren't going to bother you. Maybe take a little bit of the edge off. Um, you really have nothing to lose by trying it. Um, and I also think that a lot of golfers, and I see a lot of guys in my pro-am um, that, that play pro-ams with me, they all say, oh, yeah, you know, yesterday I played the best day of my life, and they get up and top the first four shots, and now they're into the booze. They're drinking. Um, and it's very difficult to keep that one or two beer buzz going all day long. And by the time these guys get to 9, 10, or 11, they're done. Um, but I do think that the CBD oil and functional remedies especially can help them feel a little bit calmer on the golf course so now they don't feel like they have to drink and play good golf. And I truly believe this will help and revolutionize a lot of these guys, a lot of these amateurs that are drinking too much on the golf course. Yeah, I typically stay away. We know Sermon is a big uh, craft seltzer guy, but uh, when I'm on the course, if I even get one <laughs> or two beers in me, my game typically falls apart. So yeah. knowing that I could uh, dabble a little bit in the CBD and I could get the same benefits, that's uh, end of with the hangover. I'm I'm all in. All in. Hopping into the uh, the time machine a little bit, going back to your your PGA Tour days. Um, you know, some of your best finishes in majors on the tour were in '96 and '97 with T10s in the Masters in '96 and the '97 PGA and U.S. Open. 
And I'm just, I'm curious, you know, as someone who was competitive and knocking on the door at majors at the time when Tiger turned pro, can you kind of remember your perceptions and kind of the perception of, uh, of the PGA in general of when he turned pro in 96 versus, you know, once he won the masters in 97, kind of what was the, what was the vibe as, as of all the fanfare of him coming in? And, and then after when he, you know, actually solidified his kind of stardom with that incredible win in 97. I think after watching Tiger, uh, and I, I got to play a lot with Tiger and I, I got to go over to the British open. We, we used to go to the week before the British open, to Ireland every year, Mark O'Meara and Tiger, myself and David Duvall, you know, we play golf and work out. Um, after watching Tiger play, I thought I better find another line of work. <laughs> this guy <laughs> was so good. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I couldn't hit the shots that he hit. I mean, every putt that he had to make to win tournaments, he would make. Um, his workouts were incredible. I mean, everything he did uh, was the best. And so I thought it was very difficult for a lot of us when he was uh, in his prime winning events and winning as often as he did every time he got in position. I mean, the guy won. And so it was a little demoralizing, you know, when Tiger came on the scene. But I think it also made a lot of us better. You know, maybe we still couldn't beat him, but you still, you had to, you worked out harder, you practiced harder because you tried to compete with this guy that was so good. And, uh, you know, he brought a lot more people to the game and a lot uh, of these young kids who maybe would have played other sports, golf all of a sudden was cool. I mean, you had the most recognizable, most famous athlete in the world, Tiger Woods, playing golf. And so golf all of a sudden went from a sport where, Guys, you know, it wasn't cool. Now it was cool to play golf. And that's why you're seeing, I mean, these young kids coming out today are so much better than we were when we, when I was 21, 22, 23. I mean, they're ready to win. I mean, Matt Wolf, Paul Marcara, uh, Victor Hovland. I mean, these guys are so good coming right out of college because they're great athletes. They're big guys. They hit it far. They bomb it. They got great short games. They got good teachers. Uh, they're just a lot better than we were, and all that's really because of uh, Tiger Woods coming on the scene. You know, Scott, I appreciate awesome. you teeing up our next question so perfectly um, because mm-hmm. we know that you played college golf at UCLA and you took four years off. I know you've talked about this in other interviews, so let me paraphrase real quick for folks yeah. um, where you helped start in a golf apparel biz with your dad. Um, you knew that you didn't play as well in college as you would have liked, and it didn't feel right to go pro, and you took some time off. You stopped playing, right? Then you started playing yep. again. Yep. You started playing really well, and you won, uh, I think it was a mid-amateur, and it, and it felt right to give Almost it a go won. again. Almost won. Yeah. Um, how did you, I'm curious. Yep. I know you said in another interview that you started to structure, when you decided to go pro after the four-year break, you treated it like a business because you had already been running a business. Correct. How did you how yep. did you structure and think about your practice in a way that Strat and I, two single digit handicaps, could emulate or, or learn from? Well, one of the things I had the business background and then I started working with a guy named Dr. Glenn Alba, who wrote a book called Winning the Battle with Him. Um, and he taught me how to practice like you play. And so I took my business uh sense in that every day that I would set goals before I went to the golf course, what was I going to accomplish today? I had daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, six month goals, yearly goals, five year goals, 10 year goals. And how was I going to get there? How was I going to approach every single day 
to get better. So I, I was always having something to work on. And I would say, basically get up and go, okay, here I am. I'm going to work at eight o'clock and I'm going to practice till five. It wasn't like I'm going to go hit balls for a couple hours and then go uh, play video games. No, I was going to be out there playing, competing, um, doing everything I could to put myself in position as much as I could with pressure. And believe me, pressure is when I'm going out there and playing for 500 bucks when I got 40 bucks in my check in my wallet. I mean, that was pressure. And so, and I did that all around Northern California, man. I was driving all around trying to get games, playing in these money games, um, playing mini tour events, um, all every day and just trying to get competition. I didn't care that I paid, you know, 500 bucks and first place was 700, you know, because that's the way a lot of those many tours work. You know, I was there for the competition and trying to win as much as possible to put myself in that position. So I think I approached it a little bit different than a lot of you guys just coming out of college and, well, I'll just turn pro and willy nilly go do this and go do that. And we'll see what happens. No, this was, this was a business and this is what I was going to do. And I had an unwavering belief that I was going to make it on the PGA tour. Love that. So we're going to get you out of here on this one. It's our last question. Strat's been to one. I've actually never been to a PGA tour champions event, been to plenty of PGA tour events. So for people like me, I've personally always wanted to go. You usually hear the word relaxed to describe it. Um, I wanted to know if you had anything to share with PGA fans who have never considered or maybe considering going to see their first uh, PGA Tour Champions event. Well, I think, one, people that are, let's say, my age, let's say 45 and older, you know every single guy on the PGA Tour Champions. You know what they've done, where they've won, what majors they've won. When I look at the PGA Tour now and I look at guys playing, I have no idea who some of these guys are. Now, they're really good. There's no question. But I don't know them. So I think there's a familiarity with the guys in the PGA Tour champions. When you come see us playing, is there a little more relaxed feeling? Yes. We're going to converse with you. We're going to sign autographs. We will even sign autographs while we're playing. Um, you know, if, if someone is on the putting green, there might not be a lot of people around. If someone wants a, a tip, I might bring the guy out in the putting green and give him a tip, you know, those type of things. <laughs> so you're going to see a lot more interaction with the PGA Tour champions guys than you would uh, on, on the PGA Tour. Um, I always like to say uh, on the PGA Tour, you can go watch Ricky Fowler. You can watch Jordan Spieth. You can watch jo Justin Thomas. You come on the PGA Tour champions, you can talk to Bernard Langer. You can talk to Scott McCarron. You can wow. talk to Marco Mira. I mean, you actually get to know these guys a little bit better. So I think that's what's, one thing that's really cool about our tour. Well, I'm hooked. Scott, you accomplished a lot in this interview. I'm going to go to a PGA Tour Champions event. I'm going to take CBD oil, yes. functional remedies. I'm going to buy multiple books. I mean, you've really added a lot of value. Yeah, you should. Well, that's why, I'm here. that's why I'm here with you guys on today. And, I, and meanwhile, I'm going to remind my wife that, uh, you know, the horses that we don't own don't pay for themselves, and I'm going to need to get my tour card someday soon. So. Exactly, Stratton. Make, just, just tell her you're turning pro. That's it. That's all you got to do. Exactly. It's going to go great. I can tell. Well, thanks so much for coming <laughs> on, Never Scott. Never call me. This was a blast. We appreciate it. <laughs> you got it, guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks, take care.
uh, test your sound, make sure it's recording, right? Okay. You guys want to say something real quick? Yeah, test one, two, yeah, check, 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 test. Testing one, two, three. Okay.